This is Sarah Seven, and you are listening to Tornado Radio. But we're all safe and warm in the eye of the Central Texas music storm. Okay, so here we are at Barrow Brewing. Why? Because this isn't just a great place to get a good beer. It's also one of the best music venues we've got around here, frankly. And... We are interviewing Lily Milford, and she was thinking, you know, if we're going to do an interview, let's not make this all talky and official. Let's just sit around and drink some beers, which I thought was a very good way to do an interview. So I'm drinking a Lagersaurus. And the funny thing is, I first heard Lily play not at a brewery, but at a coffee shop. This was a few years back. And she just kind of walked in with a guitar, kind of, threw the case on the floor. She's like, yep, I'm here. I'm going to play for y'all. And she delivered a really awesome set. She did all the standard country chick covers that you'd expect, and she sang them like a trooper. But what really blew me away was her own songs. I don't know. They kind of cut to the core of the emotion. But also, I think she's kind of in a bit of a transition, like a lot of songwriters trying to find the right sound to deliver the songs and also finding her voice. I hesitate to say that because she's always had an awesome voice. That's true. <laughs> I always, yeah, still trying to figure out how I want to deliver that voice. Exactly. Um, as a singer, there's a lot of ranges you can work in. There's a lot of styles you can work in. And then you got to do the song justice and you've got to do your voice justice.
Welcome to Tornado Radio. Thank you. On today's episode, we are talking with Lily Milford of Lily and the Implements. Lily is a singer and a songwriter from Temple who is a local performance favorite. We're excited to talk with her today. I love your voice. Can you tell me how you got started in music? Oh, wow. Um, I've always liked to sing since I could speak. I started writing when I was a little kid. <laughs> like, I think I was about five or six. My mom says that uh, she just started writing down the song that I started writing. My dad has a different story. He's a musician. Music kind of is a big thing in our family on both sides. He has a different story. He says he was playing this song on the piano, and I ran through and said, Daddy, play that again, and started saying some weird words. <laughs> Mom says that she just wrote it down for him, and we used to play that song together. Uh, little children. Oh, cool. And I started more like performing when I was about 24, 23, 24. Uh, other than talent shows in the school when I was a kid, that was the biggest thing. So what you got? what got you up on stage at 24? Oh, man. Open mic at O'Brien's. All right. Yeah, I knew a bunch of musicians around that time. And they let me get up there and play a couple of songs that I'd written. Had two chords. Hadn't changed that much. I still don't play more than three or four. And I just started getting up there. And my knees would shake. Visibly, you could see me shaking. But it was the best feeling ever when I got done. And it was just thrilling. And I loved yeah. it. I love singing. And that's how it started, and I just started writing more and more and started booking. Yeah. Tell me more about your father. My dad was one of the greatest singers I think I've ever known. <laughs> he was a good songwriter. He was a really good songwriter. And it was just in him. That's all he ever wanted to do. I think he got in trouble when he was a teenager, got grounded for the summer, sat in the garage and just listened to records and learned how to play, wrote all the lyrics down as, you know, as they were playing and started learning all the guitar parts. And he always was crazy about it. And I think I was pretty obsessed with him when I was a kid. And I don't know if, if he did it or if my mom did it or if, you know, I was just born with it in me because of him and my mom too. But he always pushed me. He taught me my first chord. Of course, it took a few years to actually get more than that. Well, I noticed that too, like with a lot of singers, some of them don't even bother to learn an instrument. And those who do, it is, it's rewarding, but it's always a struggle because it's like getting the, usually it's a guitar, up to the level of their singing. Yeah, I never have gotten it there. I just had to because yeah. I wanted to be able to depend on nobody else if I needed to do a show, wanted a show, didn't need to, you know, have anybody else learn it. I could just, I needed to learn enough to get myself up there so that I could get to the show. But not just my dad getting me into it, mostly my mom pushed me in. Not like forced me, pushed me, but she knew I loved singing and writing and she would always help me and make me practice. And I have little home videos from when I was doing talent shows, summertime, and meet me in St. Louis. And, Somewhere over the rainbow is my favorite. She's like training me as I'm, you know, practicing out there with my dog. I'm talking to him like he's Toto. Aww. <laughs> and she always takes notes at shows and tells me, you know, like, okay, so you did this or that. And she really helps me a lot and always was very supportive. Cool. She knows music probably better than my dad did. <laughs> she just doesn't perform, but she really knows her music. Wow. What's her, so what's her back? She's a nurse. She's just always loved music. She's a passionate music enthusiast. 
She played piano a bunch. A lot of the women in my family play piano. I'd like to get back into that. Can you tell me about Dad's song? So last year, my father got sick, and we all kind of had to team up and be there for him. And I was staying out at my aunt's ranch in Giddings, where he was staying in one of the houses. I stayed with him. And there was uh, just this sound at night. <laughs> it sounded like little scratching. And I think that there was like a wasp nest outside my window. It sounded like there was just scratching in the walls. So I started writing that. Um, oh, actually, my friend Stephen actually started the creatures hum in the walls, creatures keep talking, because I was telling him about that sound and how I wanted to incorporate it into the song. Uh -huh. I've had a lot of trouble getting my songs out, so having people around to help me, if I can just talk and they can help me put it into a verse. Uh -huh. But it really just started because I was writing about him. Song for Dad. Creatures keep talking, singing the night away. The song that we wrote, shadows of you chasing the night today.
hat is hung up. Silence is how no sins left to weigh. Cause you got that golden line bleeding out loud. I'm losing my mind. Cause I've never listened to any old lies. Yeah, you've got the golden line. You've got the golden comes down to it it's kind of hard <laughs> he was a guitar player knocking around Pasadena he came from Huffman but he ended up playing a lot around Houston when my mom met him he was playing a show well scratch that they actually met when they were kids our families were close together his dad and my mom's dad were in the military at the same time and they knew each other they were friends and then she saw him playing, they got connected, and she would go and record his shows on her tape recorder. Oh, and oh wow. Yeah, so he could hear it later. There's still some of those knocking around our house, I think. But wow. before her, he used to play for Mickey Gilly of Gillies. Yeah. an urban cowboy. Yeah. And I've always been really proud of him for that, because he did the electric in that building. I know, I know it's a silly thing, but since I was a little kid, I was like, yeah, that movie. My dad did all the electric work in there because he was also an electrician. Uh -huh. But he used to play well, for Mickey, and uh, I don't know which came first, if he married his daughter first or played with Mickey first, but Kathy Gilly was my dad's second wife. Real sweetheart. We kind of connected when my dad got sick after he died, actually. No. But, yeah... He was awesome. This guitar I have here, like I was saying earlier, no capos because my dad <laughs> said if you can't learn to, you know, either tune it to what you need it or transpose it, you're no good. You don't, <laughs> you don't use capos. That's why I was like, I, I guess I'll just have to play it without one because <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. he, I don't think he'd be too happy. None too happy if I was to use a capo on that guitar. <laughs> my dad actually. Uh, he wasn't around too terribly much when I was a kid. I never really got to know him till I was 11. I'd see him every now and then. He was a musician. A lot of that's in that song. He really loved the music. He went out to California. He has a song about, he has so many songs about that. About, you know, giving everything up just to go to do music. And I used to listen to his little tape when I was a little girl when he was gone and just cry and miss him and cry and miss him but dad and I used to play a lot yeah when he lived around here for a few years he and I would play open mic every Tuesday yeah I don't know if you might have even seen it I don't know but he and I would get up there on that stage and play it recently on St. Patrick's Day I was working a merch booth for Mike Stanley at O'Brien's and he started playing this song I could hear the bass doing uh, it's Van Morrison oh my goodness do boo boo do we will bomb before the wind and I just started crying wow <laughs> because my dad and I used to do that on that stage and I never hear anybody play it and Mike Stanley started singing it 
I think I told him later, I was like, that kind of hit my heart. But I never told him why. Yeah. Into the Mystic while we were out there. Tell us about your guitar. This one? Yes. So this was my grandpa's guitar, my dad's dad. Oh, okay. And, yep, Chuck Milford. And it's an old one. I've tried to find out exactly what year it is. It's pretty impressive. And we held on to it for a while. And I think it kind of belongs to both my brother and I, but I've had it for a little while now when he ever, you know, wants it in Arizona. Oh, we'll okay. trade off, but oh, okay. I hold on to it. It never gets to leave the house. I never let anybody touch it. <laughs> um, I have this video of my grandpa playing it. He hated to be recorded, and I just started following him around with a camera recorder for a while back in, oh. I don't know, I was like 13. <laughs> oh. He'd be like, I see that red light, Lily. I know what you're doing. <laughs> and so we hid it under some magazines on the coffee table and let him just keep playing. He didn't know it was going, and it was Mother Queen of My Heart, and uh, yeah. So I love that guitar. It's an old Gibson. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's a beautiful instrument. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's our pride. musician as well he just never actually pursued music he was a military man mm -hmm. but a musician as well undercover can you tell me about hollow your song hollow 
There's a bike storm coming, whiskey waves will bring flooding. Feel the raging of the tide inside my soul. about remembering the years but I think it was possibly 2015 when that really bad storm came through Central Texas and people were going missing and I remember oh, just yeah. it raining so bad and flooding and I'd heard about a family that had gotten swept away and they were looking for him and I just started writing that song looking out the window about a storm so it's more like and then there was a town that just got ripped apart out there, Wimberley, and I think mostly I was thinking about that too, but it's about a storm. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> and it's kind of just tribute, I think, yeah. if I could say that. Yeah. And what about If I Go Away? Oh, I love that song so much. So I met this man, Travis Franks, a few years ago. We came here, drank a couple of beers, hung out a couple of times, and then he had to take off to Australia to do his dissertation. And while he was there, we would just kind of FaceTime and try to write this song together. He started it and he wrote a verse, I wrote a verse, and I just loved it. I loved it so much. And I showed it to the guys when I started with them and they liked it a lot. So we kind of completed it together and we recorded that. That's gonna be on the album. It's one of our favorites. And uh, I just think it's a beautiful song. Probably because I didn't write it all so I can be more confident. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, it seems like you collaborate yeah. a, a lot. I mean, it seems like... Yeah, I'm actually, yeah. I haven't done it in a long time, but I've had a few. That yeah. I get lines off of somebody or just half of it from somebody or like my dad's song is mostly other people. I started with a whole thing and I showed it to people and we ended up changing it so much. And pretty much everybody I know that has been close to me put something into it. Well, it's, it's sort of like the opposite of the whole, you know, stereotypical musician ego. A lot of people don't like to work, they don't work well with people 
or if they do, they don't give other people credit. <laughs> But yeah, so that's Most it's just kind of cool. Stephen Reese on that yeah. one. He really, he's an amazing writer. He just started a couple of years ago and he writes like nobody's business. <laughs> I'd like for people to hear him more. But yeah. he's so busy, he doesn't ever really get to show anyone. Yeah. It's actually how there's a line in that song called, or it goes, You've Got the Golden Line. And it was Evan Shepard, the drummer for Lily and the Implements when we were talking about this line that Steven had put into it, and he was like, man, damn, he's got the golden line. I was like, hey, <laughs> that's going in there. Yeah. together it's 
kind of stressful. You get anxiety. You don't know what to say. <laughs> sort of awkward. Kind of like how I feel right now. <laughs> well, there's an element of vulnerability. Yeah. You're, to yeah. writing with somebody else. Because, I mean, when you write, you have to be vulnerable. But it's just you and God. Yeah, we but try. yeah, if you, with with writing with someone else, yeah, you have to be in that space. Yeah. With someone else. Yeah, everybody's songwriters too in that band. Every single one of us writes songs. So I think it was so funny that oh, we had nice. such a hard time like getting into that space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But songwriting is definitely fleeting. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you're getting several people together to actually work on it because it feels like something that should just come out for me anyway. Uh-huh. So to actually sit down with people and say like, okay, we're going to write this song right. like professionals. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, wow. It's a lot of pressure on it. It's a little weird, especially for all of us. (laughs) Can you tell us about the implements, who they are, what they play, and a little bit about their backgrounds? Absolutely. It started because I had a friend of mine, Lauren Diamond, wanted me to come to Austin to play. She was able to pick the bands that were going to do the showcase. Mm And she said, you just need to have at least a three-piece. Well, I've known Wes Perryman for a long time since back in the day when I guess I met you. He used to come into the open mics. Always loved his style. He's kind of more of a folky singer. He's just amazing. He songwrites, too. And I hit him up, and he said that he knew a drummer, and that was Evan. And so we were all going to get together for a three-piece just for one show. Uh And I went out to the farm where Wes lives, he and his family run a farm. And Evan was there, I was there, Wes was there. And in the middle of it, this guy walks in, John Napier. (laughs) I was just like, that guy looks interesting, I don't know. (laughs) And he sat down on the couch, just kind of sitting in the background. And eventually he was like, you know what, I might play bass. And that's funny because earlier in the day, apparently he told them, y'all aren't going to get me to play bass, don't even ask. But yeah, he at told some me that point, story. He finally, yeah. yeah, he finally said, you know what, I might get in on that. And so we all just ended up having such a great time, and they turned my songs into just a different animal. And it just felt so good. So we did that show and just kept rolling. What do you see for your music career for the future? So I really, really just want to step back. I don't want to, you know, do all the gigging. I'm not wanting to try to push to make it. I just want to sing and write. I want to continue writing. I want to, if I get one out that I really like, I want to go and record it. Put it out. So I guess more of a casual I'm never going to not be a singer songwriter. It's just, I've always been, but definitely not as professional. I'd like to focus my energy on this new job I have. Yeah. I actually really like it. It's, It's a great great job. I love the people I work with. What do you do? I'm working at a place called Parts Depot in Temple. We uh, supply parts to a lot of local shops and not even just there. We're kind of all over Texas, if I'm understanding correctly from them. And it's just, the crew is amazing. I love realizing this community that's around the area that I never really knew about and all the people at the shops and it just seems like a giant family of auto uh, <laughs> automotive. Nice. And also I'm learning a lot about parts and uh, how the cars are running and I'm learning that I actually liked it more than I ever knew. Uh-huh. You like do your own 
um, mechanicing. When I had my old bug, I had a 69 bug, and my brother and I replaced parts on it ourselves, and that was fun, but like I said, I never really realized that it might be something I liked more than mm -hmm. just here we go. So when my car needed a new radiator recently, I went into the office and I told the guys they got me a new radiator and I went out to my friend Ben Duall, who's actually the head brewer here, Katie's nephew. And uh, he helped me figure out how to replace a radiator. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty excited nice. about that kind of stuff. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Well, that's a good skill. Nice. That's a good skill to have. It's a totally yeah. good skill to have. Yeah, and, and the Beatles, yeah, the, the old bugs are like that. You know, you they were could, easy. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. know anything about these new vehicles. New vehicles, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But the bug's easy. All I ever needed was a gas can and a screwdriver. Can you give us your take on the Central Texas music scene? Extremely full of crazy, wicked, talented musicians, especially right now. Amen There's to that. So many people. It's crazy. When I was playing before, you know, 2020 with my band. I met a bunch of people that I, you know, had forgotten about because I was living in Austin for a few years and then I spent a couple of years just being quiet and not really, you know, getting involved in much. And then when Lily and the Implements happened, I started realizing, wow, we have more than I realized in a yeah. long time because it's, it felt like it had been a while. Yeah. But then I started realizing, like, there's a band out of Gatesville, Taylor Branch and the Lone Star Ramblers. So talented, all of them. And we played here once with them, and then O'Brien's with them. And I'm just impressed. Not just them, uh, there's the Hoosier Brothers. There's, I mean, I could go on forever. There's so many people. John May. Yeah. Her music. Yeah. Her dad. Everything about her. Love it. Yeah. Live for, for it. Sure. She's killing it. So you asked to do the interview. Here at Barrow. Uh, can you tell us why? And we were looking for some place we could sit, drink beer, and feel comfortable and at home. Yeah. And, you know, you what better place? Um, yeah. I remember when this place was being talked about, I met KD through her brother, Richard, and I'd known their nephew, Benjamin Duall, for a few years. He's one of my best friends. And he's the head brewer here now, but Katie was saying she was opening up a brewery with her husband, and would I come and play sometime? And I said, absolutely, I would love to. And I couldn't even imagine that they would, you know, really get so, wow. They were in Texas Monthly. Yeah. <laughs> I was well, so proud of them. Well, I just got to say this. Um, Having played at Barrow's open mic, I noticed that, okay, the people who come here actually listen to right. the songs. Because, okay, they're not here just to slam back a bunch of beers and get stupid. They're here to taste the beer and hear the music because they know it's going to be good. And it's it, they know it's going to be good because Barrow picks great people. Like yeah. Dustin Brown's doing it, right? Yeah. yeah. Dustin yeah. Brown, that's exactly. another one, a local who is really amazing. Yeah. Mad respect. Yeah. And we interviewed him like he finished up our last yeah. season. Yeah. So yeah. really nice guy. Yeah. But yeah, they they know what they're doing when they're picking people. I don't know what I'm doing here. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're good. That's why you're here. But yeah, the clientele is definitely nice. I miss that. 
about Austin, having just somewhere where you can go and listen and nobody's being wild and crazy. There's a few yeah. places like that there. There really hasn't been anywhere here like that until now. Yeah, it's definitely changing. Like we were talking about before earlier about how just the scene used to be like you're either a righteous Christian or a hail bent sinner, right? And now we drink beer, raise hell, and praise Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And but no, it's like now there are a lot of venues opening up here that want something different, and they're bringing an audience that wants something different. And I think that audience is out there. Yeah. And yeah, there are so, so many appreciators here. Yeah. It's, it's cool. crazy. It's it, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Anything else you want to tell the world? Let it all go like Stephen X is your mama.
Let's take a look at the calendar, shall we? Okay. This Friday, out in Wahlberg, we have Fun Gus and the Shrooms at Dale's Essen House. That starts at 7 o'clock. And on Saturday, in Salado, Wes Perryman is playing at Barrow Brewing. That starts at 8. Oh, and uh, next Sunday, this looks like an interesting one. Starting at noon and going till 6 p.m. This is out in Limpasas. It's the Billy Peak Memorial Jam. And there's a bunch of folks here. Okay, we've got the Backroads, the Clint Walker Blues Band, George Showman and the Back Creek. Voodoo and Moonshine, John Austin, and the Mojo Filter, and Rare Dog. That's at the Lamb Passes VFW. Well, these all look like fun. Sure to check them out. Um, if none of those are interesting, just check out our calendar, tornadoradio.org. Since recording this interview, the latest Implements album has come out, so we've been able to include tracks from that album in this episode. So to finish out this one, I thought I'd uh, include the live performance of If I Go Away from the interview, because it's just kind of a different vibe, and I hope you all enjoy it. <laughs>
Thank you so much for listening to Tornado Radio. And if you like what you heard, be sure and let your friends know about it because grassroots really does start with you. <laughs> <laughs>